All right, we're, of course, over in Colossians. We looked last time at the prayer that Paul prayed for the Colossians, Colossian saints. Read it again. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. So we spent time looking at each aspect of what he was praying for, quite a complete prayer. This week we move on. We go into verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That word there for qualified means to make sufficient, to empower, to authorize, or to make fit. To make sufficient, to empower, to authorize, or to make fit. That this is not something that is going to be. It's not like we are going to be made mature. We are going to be made complete. This is something that has been done. That he has already qualified us. How often does the enemy come along and try and disqualify us? And tell us all the things that we did and, and how you know, you're no good and until you get this done. And, and, and so, well, there are some things we qualify for in the kingdom of God. There are some things out there that, are, that God waits for us to get to a certain level of maturity for. But this apparently isn't one of them. Because he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. He's not asking who they are, what position they're in. He's telling them he has qualified us. So this, since this is a general blanket statement, that means all Christians here are qualified. That, that uh, the Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, there are some parts of our inheritance, you know, talks about in Galatians, that's uh, for those that are become more mature. But this is not, that's not all of it. There are some parts of the inheritance, folks, it's just yours. Thank God for that. Part of our inheritance is what we're going to inherit in the next kingdom, in, the, in heaven. The, the mansion that he has made for us. All these things are, we, we just qualify for it because we're in the family. Thank God for that. But we've been qualified. It is not through our own efforts, but through Christ's finished work. And the work is finished. And we cannot unfinish it. So when the devil comes along and tries to tell you that you are disqualified from the things of God, from heaven, from the, the, the promises that God has put, no, 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 not disqualified. Because he did it and it's a finished work. I can't add to or take away from what Christ already did. In Ephesians 2 and verse 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We come into this world, we were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, not everybody wants to believe that. Some people want to believe, you know, that, well, we're all going to go to heaven um, unless you do something really, really bad. No, you come into this world, you are already dead in your trespasses and sins. You need a Savior. If God does absolutely nothing, you are on your way to hell. But he did something, and we have to respond to it. Thank God we did. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So it's a, according to the course of this world. This world, world has a course, and if we do not do something about it, it's going to take us along in that course. But God has done something about it, and you can, you can make that... Uh, that you can make that step out. I don't know how, how many people have ever been on one of those lazy rivers. Have you been in the water parks and had a little lazy river? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> you know, they're boring. <laughs> to me, they're boring. You sit around there and just float. Uh, it's, uh, if I'm going to be in something, I want to go fast. <laughs> That's just the way, <laughs> way I'm wired. So most of the time, 
we've been we've gone to these water parks and they had these lazy rivers. I let the family go and you know Christian was along and we'd go and find something more interesting or, or whatever. But um, so we did that this one uh, one of the last water parks we were at and the family came up to me later on and they said no you got to go in this this lazy river this is a lazy river that you will like and so I I went on in there with them and this this lazy river has a current it had a current in fact if you did not have a sufficient amount of strength you couldn't get out of the lazy river because it it just kept moving on through and it had a couple of exits but you had to you know all right the exits coming we got to <laughs> you had to really get going and make this thing uh, so what I ended up doing was I just plant myself uh, at the exit and try and direct the family into the, the spot where they wanted to go. Because it was a good current that was coming through there. Had a couple of rapids that you could go through, and that was fun. So that was a lazy river that I could enjoy. But you see, if you didn't do something, this, this lazy river, was just gonna, you just keep on going around forever. Just keep on going around until they would turn it off or stop it or something like that. This is what the world is. The world has got everyone in a, in a current. And they're all going to go in the same direction unless they do something about it. And that's what he, he is saying here. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which he once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. This is the guy who makes that current. He's empowering the, the current to go this way and the world is just following suit. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So no matter when we got born again, if you got born again at five even, at some point you were still walking in the way of the world. That's what he's saying. If, if you didn't make the effort to get out, the world was going to pull you into it. Ephesians 2 verse 12 that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Boy, thank God that is not our, our condition. Ephesians 4, verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Gentiles, there's a futility of their mind. And you, 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 you listen to some of them, you just wonder, why in the, how in the world? I was just talking to somebody during the week about uh, how ridiculous it is that these smart people believe there is no God. How can you do all the observing of the universe, the galaxies and, and how vast it is and that stuff isn't running into each other and, and how can you believe that all that just happened? Brother Keith Moore was talking about it some time ago on one of his, his things. He said that you know these, these folks believe that in a Big Bang that in the beginning there was nothing and then nothing exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he put that. Nothing exploded. What caused nothing to explode? Right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing exploded and then became something. Mm-hmm. How, in the, how in the world you can have faith for that? I, I have no idea. No idea how they can have faith for it. But that's the, uh, that's the corruption of this world. It can cause you to believe that and that actually makes more sense to you futility of their mind having their understanding darkened you stay the more you stay in the world the more your understanding becomes darkened and the things that they say make sense the things that they say under that they understand you just you shake your head how how can you do that how can you even how can as a smart person 
having any semblance of intelligence. How can you think that? I still I think one of the best examples is, you know, if you go into the junk, junkyard and you blow it up, a Mercedes does not come out. All the parts might be there, but you blow it up, it doesn't come out that way. You can blow it up again and it still doesn't come out that way. Without somebody to direct it, without somebody to orchestrate it, without somebody to say this part goes here and this part goes here and this is how it all goes, it don't happen. But somehow we believe that something as complex as the universe, just blow it up and all this stuff happens. That is some darkened understanding. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Now, we're, we're not alienated from the life of God. We have the life of God working in us. We can't understand this aspect of it. But the world is alienated from the life that pulsates through you. We can sometimes just become so used to it. It's just there all the time and we've always had a part of our life. But the world doesn't have it. The life of God is something that is a part of our life. We could walk away from it. But thank God we're not. There are some people that have actually walked away from it. How in the world you could get a taste of the life of God and walk away from it? I don't know. But they are alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So if you could change the ignorance, you could change the alienation. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given, <clears throat> given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So there's a blindness in their heart. Their spirit is not able to see the things that you and I can see as believers. They're at a distinct disadvantage. Now they could change that. But in order to come to God, you've got to believe that He is. And that He's the rewarder of those who, who seek Him. You have to believe that. And so it's not your job to go out there into the world and convince people to believe. They must make that leap. They must make that decision. I'm going to stop believing this and start believing this. And until they do it, it's not your job to change that. You can keep putting the challenge out there for them. Trying to help them out with, with that, but it's up to them. They have to make that, ch that, that change, that decision. So don't get yourself under condemnation that the world is just keeping on walking in this darkness. That's the state they're in. They have to release it. They have to decide, this is darkness. I don't, I don't like this. And make that decision. Then when they do, you're there to help them out. Well, Colossians, back to Colossians 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, darkness has a power to it. There is a power to darkness. That's how these folks can stay in the evil, in the deception that they're in. There's a power of darkness that's there. And when you go and try and extract these folks from the area of darkness, you can find that power that has a hold of them. And you're, you think with a reasonable mind, how do you believe that? How do you think that way? And you, you, you lay it out for them. And they, they just shake their head and they say no. Because this has a power over them. And it holds them in. And you wonder, how can that be? How can that be? But it does. It's similar in, in ways to, you know, how, how many of y'all know some young people? They got connected with a girlfriend, boyfriend, who's bad for them. You know what's bad for them. You've seen the effect that it has on them. You know how they were before. And they got connected with this one. They started dating. And all of a sudden, their life just went downhill. And you try and tell them, and they can't hear it. 
and they, and they won't get out of it. How, how can you not see this? This is not good for you. But they won't hear it. Same thing with the world. That power has gotten a hold of them and it's keeping them in there. That's why when you, if you want to convert or help these people convert to the things of God, it isn't just presenting them with the right evidence. You've got to take authority over that power. And that's an authority that you have. Devil, I take authority. This is how Paul taught us to pray. I take authority over you. You will not keep them blinded from the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you can't pray that they make the decision, but you can pray that the power of darkness be severed in their life. Though they're still in darkness, the power wouldn't be on them, and they could see the light. Once you see the light, run to it. Now, some of them will will see the light, and they won't run to it. Well, that's up to them. But that's how you pray for them. That's how you, you minister. It's not about having the right evidence for them. It's not, well, I just got to find the right thing to convince them. That's not it. You can't do it. It's, uh, it, it's hard. Um, uh, I think it was Brother Keith talking about his uh, healing classes. He's talked about it a number of times. And the first times he got started, he'd go out there and he would tell them the verses that, you know, people come up for prayer and he would tell them the verses that God gave them. And uh, he would relate the case, you know, with this one older person they would say he said son i've been following brother hagan before when your mama was changing your diapers i know that verse and he got intimidated by that and he pulled back from it and the lord dealt with him this way he says if i give you the verse it's your job to speak it just because they heard it before doesn't mean they know what it means just hearing it is not making you a believer of it we don't always need new verses we sometimes just need to get a better understanding or Walk in, in belief of what we already know. We walk in a belief of what we know changes things. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Darkness should not exercise any power over the body of Christ. Yet it does. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Yet there are some Christians who walk under it. They're in that power of darkness. They shouldn't be. They should not be. But it gets hold of them. And it keeps them in the wrong, wrong place. But he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So it's taken us from the power of darkness and trans- translated us, moved us to a whole other place. Amen. You know, just uh, Star Trek, beam me over. <laughs> just beam right on over. It's not that he put you in a car and drove you on over there, had you walk on over. He translated you. He moved you from here and instantly put you over into here. We are not under the power of darkness anymore, but we are in the kingdom of the son of his love. That's what we have inside of us right now. The word there for uh, deliver is the word to save, rescue, or deliver. It's used in the Lord's prayer. Deliver us from evil. That's that same word. Uh, when the mockers were at the cross and they said, let God rescue him now. That's the word that was used. He has delivered us, rescued us from the power of darkness. And there was a saving that was going on there because that power of darkness would keep you in that darkness until you would walk your way right into hell. Which is what a lot of the people in the world are going to be doing because that power of darkness has got them. Well, thank God we're free from it. And conveyed us or translated us to to remove, transfer, or to change the place of into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We've been moved into a new kingdom. From the kingdom of darkness, 
from the kingdom of the evil one, from the kingdom of this world, you have been moved into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now look at this verse again. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When will we be put into the kingdom of the Son of His love? It's already done. Yeah, it's not a future thing. It is already done. In the same way that He, he delivered us from this, instantly we were put into this. Don't let the enemy ever come over and say, well, that's for the future. That's not. It's for you now. That's the kingdom that you are in. You operate in that kingdom. We were dominated by a wicked world, a wicked ruler, and wicked desires. They th- that dominated us. Thank God we've been delivered. We've been set free. Then he goes on in verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In whom? In Christ we have redemption. He redeemed us. It's already been done. Our individual sins do not disqualify us from the kingdom of God. This, this, this idea has worked its way into the church. And I'm not, not saying you folks here, but other churches, other places, <clears throat> very much so have this. And you probably have talked with them and understand this, that they feel like, well, I, I had some sins. If I don't repent of that sin, then I'm, go- I'm going to go to hell. I've got to repent of that sin. You do not, as a Christian, need to repent of all your sins in order to get to heaven. Thank God for that. How many of you can't even remember them all? <laughs> I mean, what would happen if you uh, sinned and then all of a sudden, bang, you're, you're killed? Is, it, is your whole life living for God gone? No, so that's, where the, that's where the idea came from. And the Catholic Church promotes this and some other places have as well, that if you commit suicide, you will be on your way to hell because it's a sin and you don't have the opportunity to ask forgiveness for it. That's where the doctrine part comes from. It's a sin, a sin that you cannot ask for forgiveness for because you're dead. So therefore, suicide will send you to, to hell. No, it won't. It won't. You find me one place in the Word of God where it teaches you that, and I'll, I'll change my, my mind on it. That's not it. Because you as a Christian do not need to ask forgiveness for each sin to make it into the kingdom. You have been bought you have been redeemed. We've got to understand the power of that redemption. The power of that redemption is that even individual acts of sin cannot keep you from the kingdom. Remember it says in 1 John, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from what? Well, if you confessed all your sins, what unrighteousness would remain? The stuff we didn't know about. The stuff I didn't know to confess. You confess any sin that God deals with you on. God says, that's a sin. Get out of it. Yes, sir. <laughs> you confess it and you move on. But don't feel like if, if God's not dealing with you, you don't got to think back on it and try and figure out what you did 10 years ago. That's holding you back. Can't stand psychiatrists. Get into all that sort of stuff. This thing's holding you back. The only reason it's holding you back is because you're hanging on to it. Your past sins cannot hold you back. You just got to let them go. You've been redeemed. Whatever it is that you did, you've been redeemed for. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you. It's, it's over. He, he died on the cross for all your sins, past, present, and future. Now think about this. It's the work that Christ did on the cross. Is the work that Christ did on the cross behind us? Of course it is, by about 2,000 years, right? 
So the sins you did yesterday, are they not in front of the cross? And the sins you do tomorrow, aren't they just as much in front of the cross? So that same work that he did over there took care of all those sins, even the ones you didn't commit yet. It did all that. That doesn't mean that you go out there and, and sin all you want to. Because First John was written to, Beloved, I write these things to you that you do not sin because sin's not good. It will hurt us. It hurts our walk. It hinders our fellowship. Not our relationship, but our fellowship. But your relationship's intact. You're still in the family. There's a power of redemption. Never let the enemy, never let the power of darkness, never let that power, that kingdom come upon you and tell you you're on your way to hell. You missed it. That God's not happy with you and therefore you might not even make it in. Paul is constantly telling us about the assurance of salvation. You are assured of salvation because of the power of redemption. In whom we have, past tense, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And sins there is plural. Whatever it is that we did, the forgiveness is there. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That God can't be seen, but Jesus could be. And so they took all of that God and put it in Jesus Christ. He is the visible Godhead, the one that, that we can see. He is the image, the icon, as it says in the, in the Greek, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. In uh, John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And that got them real mad because that is the word that God used. And what are you talking about? You're putting yourself on God's level. Well, he is on God's level. He is there. Then he gets more into to why that is. But John 10, verse 30, I and my Father are one. They didn't, Jesus didn't come along and they become one. They always have been one. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. There are some uh, churches out there, there are some uh, religious groups that see Jesus as a good man, as a prophet. Or someone will put him in as the highest of all of God's creations. Jesus is not the highest of all of God's creations. He is not a created being. He has been here from the beginning. When was God here? Well, God always was. So is Jesus. So is the Holy Spirit. All three have always been here. We can't get our mind around that because everything to us has a beginning. So I just accept that I'm not going to understand that. God has always existed. No matter how far back you go, God goes further back than that. He just has always been in existence. The universe has not always been in existence. But God has. At some point, God said, it's a good idea, let's make the universe. And he makes the universe. And, uh, and things get going. And I don't know how many billions of years the universe is old. It's, uh, it's quite a bit old. And uh, he just started it up, and it just keeps functioning. He just gave it that one little start, and it just keeps doing stuff all these billions of years. He put it in motion, and things keep being created, and new solar systems and new nebulas and new things get, get uh, born out of that. And it just keeps on going because God put it into existence, put the laws in existence. This is how it operates. This is what you're going to do. He told all the elements, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And they follow suit. And he started that going and put it all in place. 
and has it function, and uh, still billions of years later, it's still working just fine. What a God. Just absolutely amazing when you think about how many billions of years ago the universe started, and it's still starting and birthing new things, and new stuff happens, and it's so immense and so big that the lights of some of it haven't even hit us yet. I heard people you know, back when times when I studied the stars, and we would see here a, a supernova, a star that would explode. Yeah, it didn't happen then. It happened way, a long, long, long time ago. And it took the light so many thousands of years to get to us. As fast as light travels, it took it thousands of years to get to us so that we could see it. What an immense, immensely huge large place that it was. And it's only, uh, only getting bigger. So he's the firstborn of creation. The word there for firstborn, it means firstborn chronology, chronologically. It refers mostly to position or rank. So it can mean as far as the firstborn as in the earliest, but it's also looking at, most, well, mostly looking at rank, the preeminence. Of, uh, he's, he, is, he has that preeminence that is there. He is the firstborn over all creation. If Christ is the only begotten, this is a quote, if Christ is the only begotten, how could he be the first begotten? If Christ is the only begotten, how could he be the first begotten? Well, he's not the only, but he's the firstborn, and we all follow suit after him. Thank God for that. Verse 16, For by him all things were created. How many things are created? All. That word there for all means all, everything. Everything that is possible to be created is created by Jesus. So no matter what you pick, the universe, who created it? Jesus. The angels, who created them? Jesus. The devil, who created them? Jesus. No matter what you go to, Jesus is the one Everything that is created is created by Jesus. And so, if Jesus was created, he would have had to create himself. Jesus is not a created being. He is a forever existent Godhead. Always has been here. He is the creator of all things. There are some false teachers who view Jesus as the first and highest ranking. That's false teaching, though. That may sound like you're trying to give Jesus a really high place. You're not. You're taking Jesus down from the place that the Word of God puts him into. They see something that's a lower rank than Jesus making all the things that are created because the things that are created have fallen into disrepair. There's evil in the world. There's the devil. And surely Jesus would not have created them. So they reason this thing out. No, he created them perfect. When Lucifer was created, he was perfect in all his ways. He corrupted himself. The earth was perfect, but it became corrupted. Verse 17, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So there is nothing around that he did not exist before. And in him all things consist. He holds all things together. Now you've heard this many times. No one knows what holds an atom together. Atom is, of course, one of the smallest uh, things, not the smallest, but one of the smallest particles that's out there. The smallest particles are the things that make up the atom. Because the atom has a lot of space in it. 
But there's an energy that holds the atom together and they can't figure out why does that atom hold together? Why does it stay together? It shouldn't stay together. It should fall apart. But Jesus Christ is the one who holds it all together. That's in the Bible. That's before scientists even knew about atoms. The Bible was written and said that he holds all things together. He he is preexistent of all things. He has existed before all things. He sustains all things. Everything around is sustained by him. What holds the atom together? They say it's a strong nuclear force. Or you just call it Jesus. Now imagine that. Jesus is, is busy, as we would think of it, holding all the atoms in the universe. Not just in you. In the universe. Together. And still, he has time to do all the other stuff. We can't even understand that. Verse 18, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in, in all things, he may have the preeminence. He is the head of the body. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. The visible Godhead is the head of the body. We are his body. He is the head. We take our orders from him. We don't try and give orders. We take our orders from him. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He was, the, he was alive before, but he was the firstborn from the dead. He was the first one to ever be born again. We're going to follow in that suit. We're going to do the same, go the same direction he did. Then in all things, he may have the preeminence. So he is the head of the church. He has the preeminence of all things. Colossians uh, 1 verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Now, I've looked this up in the New Century Version because it makes it a little bit easier to understand. God was pleased for all of himself to live in Christ. God was pleased for all of himself to live in Christ. That in Christ is all of God, the Father. All of God, the Father, is in him. That's why Jesus would walk around. If you've seen me, you've seen the... If you've heard me, you've heard the, the things that I do. Or the things that he did. Because all of that God the Father is in God the Son. It's all right there. That's how awesome Jesus Christ is. And he's the one who went to the, went to the cross for us. He's the one that plowed the, the field before us. He's the one who made the way for us to be resurrected. He's the one who went ahead for us in the heaven to prepare a place for us. He's the one who sent the Holy Spirit on down to come unto me and empower us. He's the one who did all that for us. So he, uh, Paul kind of just exits into this little exhortation of who Jesus is because this is the one who's empowering us. This is the one who's helping us. This is the one whose name we get to use. He is the fullness of God. Now don't lose sight of what God has done. <clears throat> God has qualified us. He has qualified us to something. He has taken us who were disqualified and qualified us to some things. Don't forget what it is that he qualified us to. Don't walk away from those things. He has qualified us to some things. He has delivered us from some things. Always bear in mind what God has delivered us from. Because the enemy wants to get you to be pulled back into what you have been delivered from and to think that you can't get free of this. Well, you can't get free of it. You should get free of it. What it... He's, he's already delivered us from that. 
when, it, when the enemy comes along and tries to entangle us in sin, entangle us in, in things. No, I'm free of that. Jesus Christ has set me free of those things. It's already been done. I don't have to pray, talk God into delivering me. Jesus Christ has already done it. Don't lose sight because this is one of the things that the, that the kingdom of, of Satan wants to do. It is called the kingdom of darkness, the power of darkness. It's trying to keep you from the light. It's trying to keep you from seeing what God has done. It's trying to think, make you think that all you have is what's right here, what's right in front of you. You can't see anything else that's out there. But in the kingdom of light, you can see all out there. All that's good. And we're getting to the wintertime. Darkness hits earlier. I like it when darkness stays away. <laughs> but that's how it is. You, you, darkness hits us earlier in the, or later in the morning and earlier at night. We don't like that. I don't like that. I like light. He's qualified, he has qualified us to, he has delivered us from, and he has translated us into. Don't forget these three, three things that he's done. He has qualified us to some things. He has delivered us from some things. And he has transferred us into some stuff. Don't let the devil think that you're not transferred over. You're not. You can't operate there yet. Sure you can. Sure you can. God said so. You're transferred into his kingdom. I don't care if you live in this world. You're transferred into his kingdom. That's where you live. That's where you operate. His kingdom is a kingdom of light, not a kingdom of darkness. You should operate in light. You should know stuff. You shouldn't be going around saying, well, I don't know. Well, I hope this happens, but I don't know. Who knows what, you know, what God will do? Mm-mm. You're in light. If you have a question, you can get an answer because you are in the light. As one place in, in Paul puts in the scripture, he says, Walk as children of the light. Too many, talk, too many times, children of the light are walking like children in darkness. We are not children of darkness. We are children of light. We've been called to the light. You are in the light. Operate as one being in the light. Light is good. Light is, how, many, how many folks have night lights around your house? Anybody have night lights around your house? Yeah, you've seen those ones on Facebook they put... You, you take your old cover off, your outlet cover. All you got to do is take the old outlet cover off and you take this new outlet cover and you put it on. And there's three LED lights on the bottom of it and they just, whenever the darkness comes in, the light goes on. And it stays on until the light comes on again and the, the sun comes out and the house is lit up and then it goes off. And these will go on every night. Have you, anybody not seen these things? Oh, really? I see them all the time. <laughs> I've looked around my house. I said, I've got to find some places I can put these things because our house is uh, just an older one, enough, just old enough to not have the outlets in the right places. You know, there's no outlets in the hallways. There's no outlets on the stairs. There's no outlets anywhere around there. You can't, can't put these things in there. But uh, if you have outlets along, around the, the hallway, these things are so good. They'll, they'll cost you, I don't know what they're, they're using for the figuring out, they'll cost you 10 cents a year if they come on all the time. Ten cents a year. That's not bad. And you don't have to replace the bulbs. You know those uh, night lights, you got to replace the bulbs because they burn out. These ones won't because they're LEDs. They don't get hot. They burn all the time. 
So you ever see these things? I, if you can't find them, I'll, you know, ask me about it. I'll show you where they are. But it's great. You, know, you get one, two, three of them, put them around your house. Every time that you get up in the middle of the night, you got light. <laughs> it's, it's already there. Now, I got a nice little, cool little flashlight. And I take that flashlight. My, I got this little tiny flashlight. It's about this big. And it is special. It is a special flashlight because it's got two buttons on it. And you just got to know the buttons. That if, if you know the buttons, one push on the top button will give you a red light. Now, the reason you want a red light is because you don't, you don't lose your night vision. But you can see and you don't wake up people. It's a red light. So I can push that one on and I get a red light and I can walk on through and nobody gets disturbed, but I can see where I'm going. And especially in the wintertime when it's dark out, I got to go downstairs, put firewood in the fireplace <laughs> and then come on back upstairs. So yeah, every, every night, somewhere in the middle of the night, two or three o'clock in the morning, I got to wake up and uh, going down, put firewood in there and then come on back. Sometimes I, I'm already up, so I might get up and read a little bit or do something then hit them back up, whatever it is. But it's got another button on it. And if you hold this button down, uh, hold it down for a little while, it's going to come in as low white light. And if you just hit that button, it's going to come in whatever you had it on last. And there's just ways that you can get to this thing, this nice little short little thing. Keep it right there by the, by the uh, nightstand. And um, that way I can just grab that thing and go on about Because the light's nice to have. But if you don't want to have that and have to go around with a flashlight, you have this thing, it's just there all the time. See, light helps. It helps us be able to see things. You walk according to the light. You are not in the kingdom of darkness. Nothing should take you by, by surprise. The people in this world that are sold on evil, you should see them right away. You should be able to see them. Because you walk in kingdoms of, of the light, they walk in kingdom of darkness. You can recognize it right off the bat. They're, they're darkness. I can tell. They're, they're darkness. They're not, they're, not, they're not good folks. They're dark. You can tell them because you got light in you. You got the love of God in you. You have the love of God in you. You can tell when other people don't. You can tell when other people are not walking according to the light. You don't, you don't walk in this world unknowing. Make sure we walk in kingdoms as if we are in kingdom of, the, of light because that's where we are. We are now in the kingdom of light. Now, not going to be. I am now in the kingdom of light. So I can pray that prayer that Paul, that wonderful prayer that Paul has, and I can grow myself up, but I can also operate myself in this world in such a way that I am in the kingdom of love. I am in the kingdom of light. That's where I operate. That's where I, I've been translated into it. I've been moved from this place over to here. So that's how I operate. Don't operate in this world according to the things of, the, of this world. Don't operate with the hopelessness that this world has. You've got a hope of things to come. Don't become despaired when evil continues to increase. Didn't Jesus say evil would increase? Well, that's for this world. What about our world? Doesn't increase there. Now walk according to the light. Walk according to the kingdom that you have been translated into. You're qualified for it. All you got to do is be born again. Receive Jesus as your Savior. And you're qualified. He's already done it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the things that Paul has exhorted us here. Reminded us of the things that are Christ. And that we have a part of that. That he is the first one to go on before us. But here are some things about him. And these things are going on in us. 
as God was in him, you are in us through the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Father, we thank you that we do not operate as mere men. But Father, we operate as supernatural beings in the kingdom of the Son of His love. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.